0: Blog Talk Radio and welcome to Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Hugel, and we're so glad that uh, you're here this week. There's a lot popping going on. Uh, it's the uh, change of the seasons from the fall to the winter. We'll soon be doing our uh, clocks turning them back and uh, be able to uh, jump into a winter time, I guess uh we still have uh in the midwest unseasonably warmer weather uh it's starting to get cool in the evenings but um it has been a different kind of year hasn't it i mean different and our thoughts and prayers of course to uh anybody that's affected uh of the different hurricanes that have happened recently uh particularly uh there at hurricane michael we do feel sorry for those folks and we hope the best for them and to be able to rebuild or climb out of the uh, situations. And we understand that uh, Texas is still doing the best they can there in Houston. And we hope for good things ahead uh, in the next year or two for you. So uh, it has been a different kind of year. And uh, for us, it's almost uh, November. Um, we still have plants uh, outside uh, where we live uh, that uh, grow flowers. Uh, yeah, it's almost November. And then we have uh, some folks that have gardens out uh, that are g- going and growing very green leaves. I mean, very plentiful looking, very healthy looking, um, just unbelievable. And then we have other places where the uh, the farmers, like when they grow their um, corn, soybeans, what we have a lot down here, uh, they uh, have done those fields. And uh, it's a totally different picture than what it is when you're growing some of the uh, f- uh, food items. And someone had brought up a good point. Uh, here in the Midwest, we have plenty of corn, just a lot of corn. And a lot of times they sell it off for uh, the, uh, f- um, oh, the, the I'm thinking, I think it's an E85, but that's not right. Um, the, uh, and the soybeans, too, are sent to uh, different factories to turn into energy. And that's what they do with corn, too. But, um, and also they do a feed, they do a second growing a feed, uh, of the corn and sell that, believe it or not. And sometimes use it for themselves. But, um, that's about it And that show that we have here. So it's peaches, berries, melons. And so it brought up a good point that where are the other vegetables? You know, we take it for granted. We grow vegetables and other people, you know, grow some vegetables too. It's a good point. I mean, we could grow some more vegetables or whatever, but in this area of the Midwest, it's mainly corn. And soybeans. So uh, very interesting. That's why this area of the nation, even though we're plentiful in corn, we have a high propensity for people to be uh, hungry or go uh, hungry, be obese and whatever, because really they're just tuned in to a certain group of food and that's it. Didn't think about that one, did I? No, I didn't. I guess you didn't either. So uh, we're going to have to see how we can get some more uh, community gardens started so we can get some more food in their minds versus just corn can't eat those soybeans don't think but but uh we need to think about uh you know other fruits and vegetables uh now we take it with a grain of salt because we always look for the seasons for the different vegetables and fruits you know appear that kind of thing but um very interesting on that concept or that thought why the midwest even though we're plentiful and we really are plentiful on corn um why uh there are some other issues uh you wouldn't think so but uh yeah it's true but but anyway. We've got flowers still that we can put inside the bathroom because we can cut them and then uh, make a small bouquet. We can't make a whole big one like we did during the summer, but we can make a small one. So uh, we're still growing. <laughs> I was going to take out uh, some stuff um, all, not quite a month ago, but a few weeks ago, and decided, no, the leaves are so green, I'm going to keep it on for a little while longer. So we've not had too many 30-degree you know, things in the evening. Now, I have noticed that there's been a lot of different catalogs with a lot of neat uh, items for Christmas. And this is a good time to think about that, folks, because if you've got somebody that's in the gardening or wants to start a garden uh, or even dabble there at home, uh, this is the time to think about those Christmas gifts that could be good for folks. And you see sales going on every so often in these catalogs. So uh, whatever catalogs that you get, uh, you might want to keep in mind that this is a wonderful opportunity uh, to be able to buy those uh, presents for folks. That could be gloves, that could be uh, any kind of uh, pruning uh, scissors, uh, that could be any kind of uh, uh, hats, it could be any kind of fertilizer. Yes, we've done that ahead of time where we get our um, dirt ahead of time, two or three bags ahead of time on some stuff and then keep it over the winter time. We've done that many times. And uh, then, of course, we also like our uh, Oh, pesticides, uh, not pesticides, um, oh, what do you call them, the wasp spray, yeah, the wasp spray, duh. uh, we'd like to get a lot of that in line, and then, of course, our miracle grow. we like miracle grow. some people don't like it, because they don't feel like it's be natural, well, we've used this for a decade, so I don't know, but, um, and then, um, let's see, what else do we get, uh, we always make sure we have enough gloves, um. You might want to look at some of the places that have sales on gloves. They do periodically. Uh, and then also we've seen more packaging where it's has like uh, 10 or 12 gloves, I think, in a package. We've seen a lot more of that happening. I don't know why, but uh, so you might want to think that one through. We do that with uh, small towels that we can use every so often, uh, and they make a real quick cleanup kind of thing and then just throw it in the washer. But, um, yeah, this is the season to really watch for those uh, sale items because they'll make great gifts for someone or for yourself next spring, and you don't pay as much as you do next spring, because, you know, over spring, fall, they're going to recharge uh, as much as they can. So look on those different uh, things we talk, We tell people. Uh, AIM Shovels is excellent. The Garden Tower Project, folks, is excellent. Um, let's see here. You've got Proven Winners. They have wonderful, wonderful plants all the time. Um, HeavenHarvest.com, if you want to go there to get some heirloom vegetable seeds and the seed kits. Um and then we've got uh Baker Creek Heirloom uh folks that uh they're getting ready to get their um catalog ready and uh Kitsuzawa uh who also does Asian uh seeds uh they're from California, Oakdale, California, I believe where it is. And um uh then Annie's heirloom uh seeds also. Uh, The young uh, Y-U-N-G seeds folks. Uh, Then you've got, uh, of course, the ones that take care of the White House, uh, the Burpee Seed people. Um, And thank you for their donation to keep a a garden there at the White House. Um, There's just a lot of ideas out there. So uh, do keep aware that, hey, this is a good time when the pricing may be pretty darn good. So we're going to be back in a second. This Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel. We'll be right back on the other side. Thank you. got some different kinds of uh, things to listen to today Uh, this is community garden revolution and i try to shake it up a little bit so at least then you've got uh you know some information that's new and different for you uh this guy it sounds like he's from england a jolly old england and um he's wanting to tell us about planting layered spring uh, bulbs uh now it's called known as lasagna planting and i i get something ever so often from a lasagna gardening site or blog or something, uh, but uh, they give out information and this is the way that he thinks it could be good to stagger the uh, the bulbs so they can last several months and keep delivering color to your patio is what, what his idea or thought is. And it's basically like one layer of one color, one layer of another color, and then you do another layer of another color, you know, that kind of thing and go all the way down. Uh, so we've not ever tried it. It sounds like it's pretty and it sounds like it would be a good idea and it sounds like it's something that would be always growing. So, um, you might want to think about it and see if it will work for your house. Uh, we'll see. All right, here we go.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, during I got something wrong on the the mechanical part, so hold one second here. So so basically in a nutshell, some of the uh, cities. They've got farmer's markets, just a reminder. uh, Some people's farmer's markets uh, may be closing, uh, but do remember that some cities also have winter uh, farmer's markets. You might want to check that out because uh, those are great options for folks uh, to enjoy all kinds of different products that are handmade, done. And farmer's markets are great for uh, farmers because it gives them an opportunity to make another income stream uh, that uh, they wouldn't have otherwise. Uh, it cuts down on what money they have to pay to the middle person. Um, just like if we had food hubs every so often in America. And I really think that we should have food hubs every so often in America because this really helps the farmers be able to sell to those grocery stores better. Uh, they already have it in, in but, but uh, some of the larger ones don't do it. I mean, smaller ones don't do it, I'm sorry. And then uh, the um, restaurants, it gives them a chance to sell to restaurants in an indirect way, but it's still a way and be able to get income that way. So here we go without a layer uh, spring flowering bulbs. I apologize. I forgot to take the uh, plug out of it so that I could hear it uh, when I was listening to it myself to check it out. I apologize.
2: You're looking out through the window, and you think, don't it look boring. There's nothing in. Look, things growing. Late autumn. But there's a way of actually bringing a bit of life into it. Now, what you could do, Is something that our Dutch cousins have thought up called lasagna planting. And I've done a cutaway one so you can actually see how it works. Now, it's so simple, really. In the bottom of this pot is a layer of pebbles. You've got holes in the bottom to let the moisture drain away. So you've got a a nice two-inch layer of pebbles in the bottom. The big ones, the tulips, are the bottom layer because they like to be planted deep, Then narcissi, daffodils, these are these are tata because they're beautiful and they're the most popular one you can get so there's teta tate, tate there and then these bedding hyacinths and the perfume's magnificent and then on the top large flowering crocus I mean can you picture it, so that boring patio that you're looking at every month you're going to get another layer of flower, you're going to get crocus hyacinths, beautiful smell if you get a nice day you can go out and smell it this will be flowering from February, no problem at all. And it really is as simple as can be. Pebbles in the bottom. This is key. Pebbles in the bottom to allow the water to drain away. Put the pebbles. And then the compost. Now, the compost is a two inch layer of compost. A nice two inch layer of compost. Just tamp it down, get rid of the air holes. perfect for the first layer. Now the first layer is going to be the tulips. They like to be deep, so that's perfect for them. So a layer of tulips, and I'm going to plant them slightly more apart than you would normally in the border. But bear in mind that these bulbs, which are really good, they're uh, a mixture of colours. Leave them a good space apart, so a bulb, and then leave a bulb space, because these are just going to swell up. That's all they do. I just nearly did it then. Don't forget, pointed end up, always. So a nice layer of bulbs. Now you might think that these are never going to go because they're too packed in, but they do. You'd be surprised. And they find their own way through. And there's no difference between tulips and all the other bulbs. So that's the way, always pointed end up. So that's tulips, that's the first layer. Then you've got... Another two-inch layer of potting compost. So you've got that. Break up any big lumps that there are in it. Just tamp it down slightly. So you've got a nice two-inch layer. Just with your fingers, just take the air pockets out. And then we've got narcissi. Now, I'm using tata tape. Dwarf daffodils are really good. They'll, uh, they'll grow quite happily. But for me, daffodils are spring. It gives you the best show. So, exactly the same as the tulips, you put the tater-tater in. Now they go... Uh, leave it a decent space, because they do, they do swell up an awful lot. So there you go, there's another layer in. Then we've got another two inches of compost. It really is as easy as this. Another two-inch layer of compost... Tamp it down again. Now we've got bedding hyacinths, so it takes another turn. It might seem a bit big, so leave a nice gap around, but the perfume in a pot on a patio or on a balcony is beautiful. I love the smell of hyacinths. It always rem- reminds me of my mum. She always had a pot of hyacinths. The smell of hyacinths always, always attracts me. <laughs> right, another two-inch layer. That's it, so a two-inch layer... It really is as easy as this, in a matter of minutes, as so long as you've got the, your stuff all to hand, in a matter of minutes you can do it, spread it around, tamp it down with your fingers, it's as easy as that, and the next thing, large flowering crocus, now these are the same, now remember it's quite difficult to see, but pointed side up, if you look carefully you can see where the roots are coming out of, and the little point, that's where the flower's going to be. These are large flowering, multicoloured. The display from these is going to fill this, it's going to look absolutely beautiful. Now, I put this on the patio, give it a really, really good soak, and then you just leave it alone. It doesn't matter, that'll be perfect. One little trick you could do on this, there's a nice layer of compost there. That's a growing medium. You could put polyanthus, pansies, and you could have instant colour. Now, <laughs> well, here's some pictures
0: of our lasagna planting. I think they turned out quite nicely. Please. Yeah, he was showing uh, some different pictures of what he's done. So uh, that sounds kind of interesting. I get something every so often about this lasagna gardening, and they do it with all kinds of different things. Now, I've never tried it, so I don't know. looks like it would be a good idea. But we tried wildfires before, and we weren't too <laughs> successful at that. We uh, threw out, I don't know how many, how many bags of seeds before, but uh, that's not our forte. <laughs> so here, this gal is going to do how to can zesty salsa, and uh, she's really into it and in how she explains everything. Uh, so here we go. Hope you can understand her
3: making salsa, and The first thing I did was I quartered my tomatoes and put them in my Roma food strainer. This is a food strainer I bought from walmart.com. The link will be in the description below if you're interested. I have the salsa screen attached, and I need to have 10 cups of chopped, core peeled tomatoes. And this strainer, as you can see with the salsa screen, I'm going to be able to peel. It's going to peel and core my tomatoes for me, and it's going to leave more of a chunky um, texture to the tomatoes versus the tomatoes soft cream. And this works out really quick. You can do a lot of tomatoes really quick. And I'm using red tomatoes for this recipe. You can use um, any kind of tomato really. It says in the instructions in the book. With the tomatoes, we are also going to be adding 1 quarter cups cider vinegar, 3 cloves of garlic, finely chopped, 2 tablespoons of chopped cilantro and 1 tablespoon of salt and you're also going to want to add 5 cups of chopped seeded green bell peppers and I just run my knife around the pepper and this will allow me to move the membrane um, from the actual pepper And once, twice. and then I chop them either into thirds or quarters and I put them in my food processor using my food processor to chop up my vegetables. It gives it a nice fine texture and it also speeds up the process because I'm not the best when it comes to using chef knives. You're also going to see in the processor when I use this that it's going to get foamy and that's because of the water um, that comes out of the vegetables. I don't strain this off, I actually pour it into the pot and you'll see that later. I do the same with my onions. I cut them into quarters, and you want two and a half cups chopped, or five cups chopped onions. Excuse me. And using a food processor, you want to pulse it, just so that way you make sure you get it the right consistency that you want. As you can see, I kind of chop up the onions pretty fine. And then, lastly, I have two and a half cups of chopped, seeded chili peppers. I use jalapenos. Um, you cap them, and then I took. A and tried to scoop out the seeds in the membrane, and then I put them in the food processor to um, chop them up. And just be careful not to burn your fingers. Um, you can wear rubber gloves, and the smell can knock you out when you open up the lid, so make sure you stand back. So you have the lids and the jars both in the hot water simmering. Make sure they're not boiling, they're staying hot. And then I poured all the ingredients into my pot, and if you want to, you can also add one teaspoon of hot pepper sauce, which is optional. As you can see, it's really foamy, and I, again, that's from me using the food processor to chop up my veg. And it looks like it's going to spill over, but it didn't. I was thinking I needed a larger pot than that, but it boiled down and I was fine. So you want to bring it to a rapid boil and let it, and light, let it slightly thicken, which takes about 10 minutes. Um, I overcooked mine, so mine was pretty thick by the time I was ready to can it. But I do like thicker salsa, so that wasn't a big issue for me. But it did turn brown in the canner, because it was overcooked. So next, you're ready to fill up your jars, and I use 8-ounce jars. Uh, It makes 12 8-ounce jars, or you can use 6 pint jars. And you want to fill the jars up, so there's a half inch of head space. And we are gonna boil both the eight ounce jars and the pint jars for 15 minutes in the hot water bath canner. So if you have a combination of pint and eight ounce, that's fine too. So you wanna make sure that you take the head space amount before, and then you want to make sure you really debubble this, because if you don't, you're gonna end up with bubbles along the side of the jar. Um, and also you wanna make sure that after you debubble, that you recheck your headspace and adjust if if necessary. Also, wipe off the rim with a damp paper towel or cloth, and this ensures that your jar will seal properly. If it doesn't seal properly, you have a risk of siphoning, and siphoning, i mean, the food is still edible, but it doesn't look pretty. <laughs> And then take your rim and make sure that it's on fingertip tight. I like to screw mine down and then give it a nice tug to make sure it's tight. And it goes right into the water bath canner. Make sure that you, after you cook it, you take the lid off, shut the heat off, leave it for five minutes, and then take the jars out, and that will also prevent it from siphoning. Hope you enjoy this recipe. Thanks for watching. Bye. Hi, everyone. It's Missy, and today I'm making Zesty salsa. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's one of those mechanical oops days. Okay, so now because of the season, I wanted to go ahead and throw in something about making pumpkin puree. I'm not a pumpkin uh, fan per se, I mean, as far as the innard stuff. Pumpkin bread, I can do real well, pumpkin seeds. And I love to look at the pictures of pumpkins. It's so much fun, and particularly seeing the pumpkins in the fields uh, when we go up the highway. It's such a hoot. I mean, we have so much fun watching that every every year so that's a good joy that a family member and I enjoy uh every year we just think it's just it's just a hoot so uh but anyway as far as eating pumpkin pie not my thing uh but there was a recipe about pumpkin puree soup I'm not into that myself either but a lot of people are so I wanted to provide that for you um because the winter time is coming and it makes a great soup to eat any kind of puree so um, and we uh, just got a piece of equipment that we can start doing some more puree uh, type soups. We're very excited about it. I don't know if I'll make it good or not, but at least we're very excited about the options that are in front of us. I'm already solving, uh for the winter time. Uh, you know, make some, uh, have your fruit cup, and then have a nice little bread that's there. Uh, and then, of course, something nice hot to drink afterward, or or uh, during your meal, maybe some good iced tea or whatever. But um, just really keeps us uh uh eating healthy and also will hopefully help us lose weight and uh also enjoy the winter better i'm not a winter fan person either uh but uh if we've got to do it uh, then uh, we might as well enjoy it. well i say so here's a neat uh way how to make pumpkin puree hope you enjoy and hope it's something that you and your family can use
1: It's Danny, and today I'm going to show you how to make homemade pumpkin puree. Now, I've got a whole bunch of pumpkin recipes coming up in the next few weeks, and while you could certainly use canned pumpkin for any of the recipes, I just wanted to show you how to make it from scratch, just to give you the option, should you want to give it a try. The most important thing to keep in mind is that you want to look for a sugar pumpkin just like this one. These guys are small and round and plump, and this is the type of pumpkin that's used for making a pumpkin puree. If you went ahead and bought a big old regular pumpkin that you would buy for, say, Halloween, you're going to end up with very tasteless, tough, stringy pumpkin. So be sure you got yourself a sugar pumpkin. Working with a pumpkin isn't that much different than working with any other type of winter squash. So basically all we're doing here is we're gonna lay it on its side, slice off the top of the pumpkin. And this could take a little bit of muscle guys, so just be patient with it. Then lay it cut side down and slice it in half. What you're going to see is that it has a whole bunch of seeds on the inside of the pumpkin and what you want to do is just grab a spoon and start to scoop those seeds out along with any of the stringy pumpkin membrane that you see. Now be sure you don't throw these seeds out because you can roast them up and then eat them as a yummy little snack or put them on top of a salad and I'm actually going to show you how to do that next week so be sure you come back. So. Once you've got your pumpkin all cleaned up and ready to go, you're gonna lie it skin-side up on a rimmed baking sheet that you've got lined with either some parchment paper or a silpat mat like I've got here. That's just gonna to help to protect your pan and it also makes for easier cleanup. Then grab the whole thing, we're gonna pop it into a 400 degree oven for about 35, 40 minutes or until the pumpkin is fork tender. My pumpkin is all cooked and it was in the oven for 35 minutes And I knew it was done because when I took a knife and I stuck it in, it went in and out with no resistance. That's how you'll know your pumpkin's ready to go. Now all you need to do is pull the skin off of the pumpkin flesh, and it comes off really easily. So just pull it back. Then just slice the pumpkin into some big fat chunks, and then we're going to toss these right into the food processor. If you didn't have a food processor, you could also do this in a blender. And if you didn't have that, you can even do it with a potato masher or the back of a fork. Now, depending on the size of your food processor and the size of your pumpkin, you may have to do this in two batches. And then when it's all done, what you're going to be left with is this nice, rich, creamy, airy, light pumpkin puree. And what I like to do is make this as a head-start ingredient. So I make it on the weekend, and then I store it in a Tupperware container and leave it in the fridge, and then it's ready to go all week long. You could put this into pumpkin pancakes, pumpkin oatmeal. You could stir it into some cottage cheese or some yogurt. You could bake with it or just make, like, a smoothie or a pumpkin protein shake. The options are endless. And i got to tell you, the fresh does taste different than the canned. So if you're so inclined, it is worth giving a try. So now I turn the mic over to you. What do you guys like to do with fresh pumpkin puree? Have you ever tried making it before? And if so, how do you use it in your kitchen? I want to hear all about it down in the comments below. And do me a favor, guys. If you like this video, then please take the time to like it. Or better yet, subscribe and share it with all your friends. This way we can keep making more videos that we get to share with you. For more simple and nutritious recipes, tips, and ideas, check out cleananddelicious.com, where you can print all my recipes, save them to your personal recipe box, and subscribe to my newsletter. Thanks so much for watching, guys. I'm Danny Spees and I'll see you next time with some more clean and deliciousness.
0: (laughs) Clean and deliciousness. I love it. Isn't that awesome that is so awesome and we wanted to remind you about the community garden magazine you can find that at communitygardenmagazine.com uh we're going to uh have some really neat things that are coming up for Thanksgiving coming up uh for that issue I'm very excited um It just gives me uh, the opportunity to do something fresh and vibrant for you, so I'm very excited about that a lot. So, All right. Well, we appreciate you uh, coming by today, and uh, it's been a wonderful season so far. hope you enjoy, and we're getting ready for Christmas ourselves. It's exciting, so I hope you have a great Community Garden Day, and thank you for listening to uh, Community Garden Revolution. My name is Mary Huckel. Have a great Community Garden Day.